Penny Arcade Expo in Seattle, Washington. You just throw it out there. He's got the pants. You throw something out, his pants counter it and you <laughs> throw you on the ground. Pax Prime 2010. All right, we need the fighter on the left nut, and we need the black mage on the right nut, and we need you to be casting ice spells. We need to freeze them nuts. This is the After the Fact Podcast. Guess who was hiding behind the door this whole time? It was me! All right. Is everybody ready to get this shit in the air? Yeah. Yep. Shit cool. in the air. Go. Shit in. Ear did I say air? Did I say shit? In I the believe air? you said shit in the air. Shit in the uh, air. Get this so shit in the air. Shit is go. Yeah. Isn't, yeah, isn't, yeah. Isn't shit in the air an Elton John song? Uh, <laughs> wow. It's right after Daniel on. Uh, <laughs> that was in. The, that was in the decline of his career. Apparently, like when he was just like, ah, fuck it. So. <laughs> I'm just thinking now. Uh, yeah, I took a really good dump at PAX. <laughs> <laughs> I took a really good dump at PAX. I'm just going to leave it at that. Let's start the podcast. Thanks. Like, you feel much better now? Oh, it was a Four satisfying large dump. Oh. And it was during when I was drafting at Magic. So <laughs> like, like, I like you were in the like chair? In between no. picks? <laughs> no, it was in between. He pulled a Steve Martin, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> is it, I, I believe it was in between games. I was like, hold on, i got to take a shit. And I said the that most, to my opponent. The most important thing is, did you win? Uh, I crushed. Yes. Uh, did you win both the draft and the dump? Well, well, the I dump is a win in and of itself. I, I think so. Yeah, it could be. It could be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it, it depends on painful. what you've eaten. You know, it so. wasn't like the. Uh, Ooh, I mean, <laughs> all right, bad. we're talking about shit. We are talking a lot about shit. So uh, let's start the podcast. Welcome to episode seven. 18. Welcome to episode 18 of the After the Fact podcast. Insert uh, number. We are broadcasting from Penny Arcade Expo 2010 in Seattle, Washington. It is the final day of the con. The con floor has just closed, and uh, we're here talking about the overall show today. I'm here with uh, my esteemed colleague, Micah Tron. Yo. Uh, and our guests today are Andy Padell hey. and Dwayne St. Arnold. Hey. How you guys all doing today? I'm fantastic. I have a glass of wine and I'm podcasting at the same fucking time. Nice. I uh, got to see Final Fantasy fourteen and loved it. Oh. I am I'm glad to be sitting because my feet really hurt after three days of the con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can understand that. I actually got, um, when we went on our vacation, I got some really fucking awesome insoles that, don't, that make my feet not hurt. So... Uh, We'll I'm have to do this on the Dr. Scholl's podcast <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> you have magic feet. Uh, so we've all had a... Uh, show's over, uh, pretty much. The show floor, show floor closed, and we're uh, kind of winding down from the show. I know that uh, barbecues and parties and after parties are happening after we get done with this. Um, Pax orgies. I'm sure those are going to happen, actually. Yeah. Oh, God. They're just going to move from the beanbag chair section to someone else's place. Probably one of the hotel rooms. Yeah, uh, they need a curtained-off section of that beanbag chair area. No, they don't. They they need to just burn those beanbags. They really, everyone really do. who's still on them. 
incinerated. They are covered <laughs> in germs. Callus insists that they are not that they are sanitary, and I insist that that's fucking impossible. I can see the herpes on each one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's how covered in herpes they are. I will believe that when Callus personally tests every one of those chairs. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> it tests them by licking them. If he's, if he's not comfortable, I should have asked him that. I should have been like, he's like, they're perfectly sanitary. I should have been like, go lick one then and see how fucking sanitary yeah. you think Would that you thing is. Would you swab one and then put that swab on your soft palate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can't even imagine what those things would look like if you sprayed them down and shined them under a black light. They would be completely that, glowing. It would be ridiculous. I mean, just sweat and bodily fluids and just... Ugh. <laughs> so... But Wait, th- th- there's pools of shit in there anyway, right? <laughs> so you don't need a black light. You're like, I can, I, can, I can actually just see the pool of jizz in the bottom of that beanbag from all the way over here. I don't understand. I just don't get people sleeping in public. Like, normal, r- relatively normal people. Like, sleeping like fucking hobos on a goddamn sumo in the middle of a con- convention. I could not do that. Yeah, not even that. I saw a bunch of people, like, last night. I left the con super late, like, at 2 in the morning. Yeah. And normal, like, gamer guys just sleeping on the street. Yeah. <laughs> like, See, like, <laughs> did they like, just want an early start on life? I, I, I don't <laughs> know. That's how you do it. I mean, I don't normally sleep in front of my workplace. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose that's a good way to get the, the uh, get ahead in the game. <laughs> yeah, I Callus said that there there are people who will who will somehow find a way to avoid security and end up sleeping on those sumos all night and then just get up the next morning. Like how the fuck do you do that? Become invisible? You bury yourself under them, sir. Oh, that's like, weird. Make a stack yes. of like thirty and just dive in. Yeah, perfectly seriously. sanitary. You have absolutely AIDS after sanitary. That, that's like a giant AIDS tent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cheese culture with various STDs. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I did not need the image of oh. So so Delicious. today we've already covered shit <laughs> and, and STDs and STDs. Uh, chlamydia. <laughs> the class fine. My herp. old friend. <laughs> the 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 herp is harder to get rid of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm but not surprised that... <laughs> how, how is it possible that this is the fifth conversation I've had today involving herpes? I, I think I bring Only it up... Packs. I think I bring it up to you roughly twice every time I see you. I, I was going to say that you just hang out with some dirty people, but that's... Yeah. Because maybe, I mean, maybe here we are. Maybe it's because PAX sounds like a disease in and of itself. I caught PAX. Sorry, guys. I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm quarantined with the PAX. Well, wasn't that... That the, was last the, year. Yeah, the PAX Pox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just called it the PAX. The, the, like. um, that's where the swine flu in Seattle came from, basically. Yep. That's where the swine flu uh, destroyed me. Yeah. So, yeah, so roughly 60,000 people in the same place, and one or two people has swine flu. That so happens. I like how they made light of it this year by infecting people. Uh, yeah. There was uh, a bunch of people with stickers. <clears throat> they were either immune... Immune Im- Immune's uh, the right word. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they were immuning people. Right, okay. And infecting people. And uh, I thought that was poor taste. I think... I don't think that was PAX. I think that was another company, and I think they were actually promoting a game. Yeah. Um, because actually. they were also giving away uh, giving away masks, like surgical masks with their logo on them and oh. stuff. So 
I don't know what they some jackass came by. I've got a I've got a badge holder that I got at Gen Con that I really like. Some jackass stuck a fucking infected sticker on it and I just tore it off before it could take hold. Yeah, some so. douche came up to me, fake coughed on me, which is real coughing if you didn't know. <laughs> and told me I was infected. And and I almost got kicked out of the con because I wanted to throw him down an escalator. <laughs> oh man. Very poor taste. You're like, I'm going to pretend throat punch you now <laughs> <laughs> oh i i don't understand i just um just pretend. it's already it's already unsanitary enough like just just being at a con where you are being forced to share equipment with 70,000 other people is, is unsanitary enough in and of itself right i if i walk up to a booth and there's a there's a fucking Xbox controller hanging on a little thingy, then it's going to have goop on it of some kind. Somebody at some point has sneezed or wiped their nose or fucking coughed into their hand or, like, scratched their balls and then touched that fucking controller. So, And I did not see nearly <laughs> enough sanitization of this shit uh, over the course of the con. I will um, give them credit. There was a lot of, like... Uh, sanitary the hand sanitizer or, boots. Yeah, yeah that, I was I was happy for that. I mean, you guys won't even use my mic, so I can't imagine what Pax is like. You wipe your nose on I it. I don't wipe my nose on it, but I can touch. I can scratch my balls without putting my hand. In my I pants. have a recording of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, rec- I'm that good. Wow. <laughs> I'm so disturbed right now because that was the mic that I used the first time I was on the podcast. No, it's not that bad. There's a there's a, the gamer breath joke that's kind of recurring in this podcast. The you called breath. it Eskimo kissing. I called it wiping your snot on the microphone. So uh, uh, it just happens that your cou- your ha- your house is covered in animal dander. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I do have cats. So all right about packs. Now uh, the show's over. What do you guys? What did you guys think of this year's packs uh, compared to? I don't know how many. How many have you been to before, Dwayne? I think I think we've asked this question of Andy already. But how many have you been to before? Uh, this is my third this year. Okay. And has it been three in a row, or did yes. you go? To, okay. Yeah, I didn't skip any. You've never been to any of the ones that were in Bellevue, then? No, I okay. missed the Bellevue ones. What about you, Mike Tron? This is my second packs. Really? And I went last year, and yeah, it's always been a good experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't get terribly sick last year. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did. So, so yeah, what do we think? Uh, it's like, good? I uh, liked it. I, I love this show. I, I love everything about this show. Um, it's, it's, it's clearly very video game centric, but it's starting to expand into more... Um, more geek stuff in general so there's a lot more there was a lot more tabletop gaming in this one than I remember at years past uh, at least I feel like there was maybe it was just more organized than it has been before um, but well they had the new area that the secret room the secret the hidden level you know what's really <laughs> that actually was hidden apparently yes. Here, here's what's funny about that they gave instructions on the, the instructions on the map on how to get to that hidden level were to go all the way through the con hall and then find the hidden escalators and then go downstairs and go to this, this area. It is the exact same area where they've had the tabletop area every single year, except they gave different a oh, different way to get there this time. And it's like um, they have this... Uh, it, it's more finished now. Like, I remember the two years ago when I came that area still existed it was just completely unfinished it was a big empty room full of uh slab like plywood tables 
and we spent most of our time playing games in there actually was what we were doing with yeah. most of our time and now that that area has been finished and they put escalators to it and it looks nicer um, but they, they called it a hidden area and they had people go to it a different way than they did every other fucking year it, the first time I was there actually was when the bodies exhibit was in that area. Oh, really? So I was you know, used to seeing corpses and whatnot that had been laid <laughs> open. I'm like, oh, it's, it's not that much different. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not covered in dead people now. It's just covered in geeks. Close Which enough. may actually be worse. It, clearly. PAX, PAX definitely was not as oriented towards video games this year. A lot of the big companies didn't have as much of a presence like Blizzard. Yeah. And... Uh, it was con though. Activision wasn't but here la- at all. But last year their booth was giant. Yeah, it's pretty strange. Even though BlizzCon is at the same time, they just kind of are doing their own con, even though they lose money on it. Obviously, I mean they have infinite money. Yeah, they're rolling um, around in piles of I their know. own crapulence. It's like Scrooge McDuck's vault. That's exactly. Blizzard, you know, like you go down to the lower level and it's just coins. That's like three stories high. <laughs> uh, but I talked to a woman on the bus coming to PAX and. She said, I never went to PAX before this one because I thought I wasn't big, a big enough of a geek and I didn't like video games that much. But I knew a few people that were going this year, and so I decided to go because I really like board games. And there was a huge presence of game, like just traditional gaming yeah. at PAX this year. Yet last night at the game room, to the game checkout area, the line was infinitely long just to return the games, not to get them. Um, Dominion was not to be found. Yeah. It was gone. I'm sure they had at least 100 copies there. They had a tournament going. You couldn't get Dominion. Um, and so a lot of other games, like Ascension, were Is here. Is that because everyone else checked them all out? Yeah, and it, oh. Oh, it's just amazing how many games they they had there. The checkout room is gone. is awesome. Like, yeah. I, and it's always been kind of a ridiculous to to try and check anything out from that room, um, but I I love the fact that it's there. Right? And yeah. I can't imagine though. It it feels to me like most geeks are not uh, really cognizant of other people's properties, and it <laughs> seems like it seems like a lot of that shit would come back busted or missing pieces or somebody would check out a game and never turn it back in. But I, th- I mean, I think you have to give them like your driver's license to get a game. Correct. So it's, but what if you don't have a driver's license? Like what are they going to take? Collateral of some kind? Kidney. Yeah. I know Kidney, like the, left uh, arm. Yeah, like left the, pinky. the console game area just took your badge. That's fair. You know, that once seems, you're in, that seems you, good. That yeah. seems really good. Like, cause once you're in, you can't get out. And if you go all the way out, you're, you're screwed. Oh man! So. Hey, look that that copy of Stadium Games. Yeah, here's my badge. Leave. Well, fair. I don't uh, think they would uh, be yeah, quite that dumb. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they can do that. Seems like a fair trade. <laughs> I had a. We actually went up and uh, we ninja dropped a shit ton of flyers for the show all over the con floor uh, today, and dropped a bunch of them in the classic console gaming area. So. I'm hoping maybe some people will uh, will pick up and listen. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if anybody pays attention to the random piles of shit that are laying all over the place, but somebody's bound to pick one or two of them up. I Definitely. dropped. I would drop like 1,200 flyers. Even today. if it's one one or two people, that's it's, great. Yeah, and it's funny because I dropped all of the all the flyers that I dropped today were the ones that I had originally sent to CGE that they did not use. They didn't use them. They asked me for they asked me for 2,000 copies, and. When we showed up on day two of Classic Gaming Expo, there was still over almost 1,500 copies just sitting in the box not having been taken because that's how low their attendance was. Damn. Yikes. That's depressing. Yeah. 
So uh, we ought to have a better we, – we should have a better experience with Portland Retro because Portland Retro is a much more focused con. It's smaller on purpose, and it's in an urban center where people actually want to come do it. Whereas in Vegas, who the fuck's going to want to go to CGE when there's Vegas? Yeah, Portland is also a great city to visit. Yeah, it's a great city. Anyway, um, yeah, you get we drop dances in Vegas. That's what you do. Yeah. You can get lap dances <laughs> in Portland. Yeah. Uh, you can get lap dances right now in Portland. Come on, Mike Drone. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll grind up on that shit. So, oh, God. <laughs> if you thought his mic was dirty, <laughs> we I use that mic. Not anymore. He's, no. He's terrified now. We, I wandered around the show floor. I went and played Infamous 2 again uh, because that's, to me, that is my, that's the next big thing for me. Looking at, looking at everything that I saw today, I think uh, Infamous 2 is probably the, hanging out at the top of my list of shit that I want right the fuck now. Um, so what about you guys? What, what is your, kind of your best of show? What is the thing that, that you're hyped up the most for? And what is the thing that maybe surprised you like that you looked at and you were like holy shit this looks so much better than I thought it would out of the stuff that I haven't seen before uh, Final Fantasy 14 looks fucking gorgeous the fact that they move your character they move your character models into the cutscenes yeah that's true which and it's just beautiful I have a lot of bad juju from 11 so yeah, I'm a little butthurt from that. So I'm very pensive about 14. Is that why but you're it looks really the good. Side a little bit? Yeah, I mean they they were like I went over the booth to see it and they were just like rape weasels there and I was like, <laughs> oh, not again. And the way that they were giving out their swag was amazing. They were uh, giving a presentation and they just start throwing tr- like t-shirts out into the crowd. Now of course people see free shit and they start swarming in. And every 30 minutes or so they're like, "Oh, who wants a t-shirt?" 50 people and just Chuck it out in the crowd. I was waiting for a fist fight to break out when I'm trying to play the game, sort of looking over to my side. Yeah, <laughs> the, the players start tearing each other apart. I'm like, guys, it's 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 a shirt. Relax. People are really most of you are wearing them swag. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are really ravenous about stuff that doesn't matter at PAX, which is funny. Swag, like I gotta have this swag. I don't care what it is. Just put it in my bag. Oh, I forgot. I got a picture of a hot girl playing the shoot on a PlayStation Move. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Just looking through pictures, trying to remember all the shit that I saw today because I took a bunch of pictures. I forgot my good camera, so I took a bunch of pictures on my iPhone that I'm going to post to the website. So, um, anyway, sorry. What race will you play? Oh man, I have not decided yet. I I really hate the uh, the Taro Taro. I like those. So I we're completely them. opposite. Actually. I hate them so much. They love to dance. I don't care if they want to dance. They're waist high. Panic. Convenient. Yeah. That's how they make their money. Fuck Final Fantasy. I, sorry, I tuned out while you guys started talking about that. Whenever you're done with your Final Fantasy conversation, I, let I me go, know and I will come back to the conversation. I could go back to Dead Space 2. Or I could go to Dead Space 2. I would be fine with Dead okay. Space 2. Dead Space 2 looked fucking awesome. Yes. Any game where the point is to dismember your opponents, and yes. that's the only way you can defeat them, is a win for me. Yeah, you played Dead Space 1, I'm assuming, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, that game oh, is so good. That old fighter game, uh, Time Killers. <laughs> that was the uh, <laughs> that game yes. about that, dismembering your opponents. Th- but that game was terrible. Uh, yeah, it was pretty yeah. awful. Uh, yeah, time killers. If you played the punk rock guy, you could win any round by hitting all four attack buttons at the same time. At the, right at the beginning, he would do a backspin and put the chainsaw at neck level and just decapitate. So like literally, you could win every round in a second until you got to the last boss, who was death, who had a slightly faster equivalent 
<laughs> and so he cut your head off first. That doesn't no. Like, Fight. This game sounds game over. terrible. Yeah, you've never played this game? No. Oh, it's awful. It's kind of a cult classic just because it's bad. Yeah. It's bad like, games tend to do that. It's like the movie The Core. Uh, it's, <laughs> it goes out bad and then it becomes good again. That movie was based on very solid scientific fact. Absolutely. 12 hours later, nuclear bombs will restart same the earth. Thing. Unobtainium. Yeah. It's um my I'm sorry, I don't remember what I was about to say. So fuck it, I'll move on to Dwayne. Let's let's get away from Final Fantasy and move on to Dwayne's best of show. We were on Dead It was Space. Final yeah. Fantasy for me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh Do I want to die. <laughs> Luke may leap over the table. <laughs> uh I really like Torchlight 2. Uh, yes. Oh man, it is gorgeous. It looks so good. Did you play it? Uh, I did. It was very smooth. Being able to play with more than myself was very exciting. Excellent. I get spend a lot of time playing with yourself, do you? That's why the dinosaurs died. <laughs> <laughs> I get so lonely. Uh, no, it, just the fact that you know it's a good Diablo clone. Yes. You know, I don't even want to call it a Diablo clone because that doesn't do it justice. The guys that made Diablo made it, so it's not a Diablo clone. It's Diablo. Yes, and it's done very, very well. Yeah. And I'm super excited. Uh, Mike was, uh, Mike Atron and I were talking about this earlier and the designers were awesome. Yes. And yeah. Tell I me about that. Them. Yeah. Micatron so, said that you got to you got to speak with some of the designers, didn't you? And, and yeah. I t- I, so so the people sitting at the booth were the actual designers of the game, not just some PR people that were. They weren't booth babes. You they, mean they were not booth babes? Actually, one of the women there was actually incredibly attractive. I'm assuming she was like a developer of some kind. So. Nice. Nice office to work for. I guess they they said uh, they had. P.S. Uh, if you're hiring, please let us know. <laughs> I'm very lonely. Uh, yes. Wow, uh, that totally derailed Micatron. Just wow. I'm sorry. That's okay. So keep going. Uh, so talked to the first guy, and I was like, "So, did you redo the math for this game? Because when you X Y, so there's a lot of things that they they." Because there are only 30 people mm-hmm. in entirety, including, you know, secretaries and all of, this, all of that, all the clerical people, including QA. Um, <laughs> buzz, buzz. That was my bad. Uh, they, well, they won. They don't have infinite money like Blizzard. Right. So they're not able to add everything into the game. So this game is just a very good iteration of Torchlight 1. And... They're adding more and more. Um, they redid all the math for the abilities, which is really good because a lot of them won't scale at all towards the end of the game. So they rethought a lot of the stuff. And since Torchlight One was really pretty successful, um, yeah, what yeah. Think, I, I mean, it's just like improving upon something amazing. So I'm pretty excited. I I. Have not played Torchlight One. I want to, especially after seeing Torchlight Two on there. It looks so much fun. Looks like so much. Fun. Is it? And it's the Torchlight One's not multiplayer, right? Uh, no. Correct. That but, was the biggest. But drawback. two is yes. Okay, so I'm going to buy two oh, because yes. I know my wife wants to play it. She saw it. She's like she flipped out because she's a huge uh, Diablo fan. Loves it, wants to play it. I Torchlight is is definitely on my list of shit that I want to play. Yeah, those Diablo sort of games are just up my alley, and uh, obviously I'm super excited for Diablo three. But man, Torchlight just just struck a chord. So it's very pretty. Um, it has a lot of 
character of its own. The environments are awesome. Um, y- there's more pets now. You can customize everything. You can choose gender for your characters. They have really inventive classes. They're going to have yeah. four classes. Yeah. Um, the f- you can choose to have a ferret pet. Um, <laughs> I was talking to one of the developers, really? and he's like, yeah, we want to have, like, imaginary pets for your characters. Um, like, you know, the ferret has goggles. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, like, just random quirks like that. They, they, they that, really improve. Isn't that Jack and Daxter? Yes. A ferret with goggles, right? A ferret with goggles. With, they, better, they better check with Sony before they go ahead with that one. They really improved upon uh, all Daxter the Daxter is not a ferret, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was really going to continue with that joke, but for some reason I can't remember what Daxter actually is. I can't even remember my name. <laughs> that much wine tonight, huh? Fuck, no. It's only half a glass. So. Uh, by the way, still awesome doing a podcast with a glass of wine. Yes, yeah. yes. I, dude, when we do the podcast, we, you can drink whatever the fuck you want. It's in my house. It's yes, not like yes. Uh, it just doesn't seem like the place. We're in a, we're in a lobby now, so that's pretty a, cool. A fancy lobby. A fancy it's lounge lobby. fancy. I feel like we shouldn't be here, except for everyone else in the lobby is also nerds. Yeah, really. That's the beauty of cons like this too. Like they over, they fucking take over the city, and it's it's um, it's awesome to be wandering around the city that I know and love and live in forever, and have it be just populated with a whole fuckload of people that are the, just like me. That you know, well, except I wouldn't say that. Okay, some of them are dirty. A whole bunch of dirty fuckers that actually like the same stuff that I like. <laughs> Just like me. I gotta say one of yeah. I gotta say one of the things that, that uh I was impressed by only because of recent developments uh was a lot of the booths that had made arcade cabinets for the games that they were promoting, like the Castle Crashers cabinet was, was spectacular. Excellent. The NBA Jam cabinet that NBA they Jam. were uh, that they were promoting, the Mortal Kombat cabinets that they were making for the new MK game were awesome. But that game looks like, terrible. What? Uh, the voice acting is awful. Oh, okay. uh, I, I'm sorry. My tur- my, my yeah, that's what that's the, the most imp- that's terrible. the most important part of a of a Mortal Kombat game is the voice acting. Excellent balance. So. It's a good return to form, but you know the Russians judges are going to take off two points for <laughs> <more> voice acting. <laughs> it's the I screams think it and looks uh, dismemberment noises didn't sound realistic. Mortal enough. Kombat has never been a good game ever. No, it's always it tongue in cheek. It is always tongue-in-cheek. It is always kind of out there. And you don't play it because it's balanced or because it's awesome. You know, like it's a balanced fighting game or it's a good game. You play it because it's bloody and it's because it's funny to watch. Extreme. And I enjoy the, tearing people's spines out. Yes. And this, this version of Mortal Kombat is fucking awesome. Like they've got the, the slow-mo parts where you're like stomping on somebody's head and it, sh- it like peels away the skin to show the skull crushing and then you stomp on their chest and it shows their sternum and their ribs crack. And uh, uh, This like, sounds so satisfying. It is absolutely absolutely morbid. Was actually. that Dalfang yeah, that did does. that? The slow motion like arm break? No, uh, Tenshu did something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tenshu had some of that in it back when it was you know with their 24 polygon models. Uh, I like that game. Tenshu's actually one of my... F- the first Tenshu was really good. So, but, b- back but to NBA Jam. Yeah, NBA Jam. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to come out on PSN. It's, it's, they were promoting it on PSN and, and uh, Xbox Live. I think just Xbox Live here. Uh, but it's in HD. It's awesome. It's fucking NBA Jam. It doesn't, it doesn't have Clyde Drexler in it, though, which disappoints me a little oh. bit. Oh, 
of all the booths that I saw, there were very many loud booths with a lot of people in them. But the booth that I saw the people having the most fun was the... Just Dance 2? NBA Jam. No, it was NBA Jam. It was the people playing the Wii version of NBA Jam. There was like, even right at the end today, I saw maybe 15 people in front of that, those two monitors. What's special about the Wii version? They get to, you You just block. And like, I was watching them pass it to each other. It's waggle. You get to waggle to do stuff. So like, they live. I hate waggling. Yeah, well, you know, get a workout. Uh It was, it was uh, no. It, they were having more fun that because of that. They're yeah. like, they lift their their little arm up and they pass it to their friend, and <laughs> it, they're actually just doing that. There are right intricate arm gestures team. going on right now that no one will be able to see. I know. Yeah, yeah. but you can actually he- hear me moving. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not me drinking my wine. That's moving moving my arm. The um, the NBA Jam booth. I think there there were still a lot of people there because of the fact that they were. Um, they had that arcade cabinet that was on display, but it was just a display model. Like, everything in it was fake. Uh, but everybody that played got entered into a drawing to win a real one once the game comes out that they're going to build on an Xbox. Uh, so that's pretty fucking awesome. And it's a nice cabinet. the shit out of that. Yeah. I would, uh, I would actually, like, that's... I've been thinking lately now, after seeing some of these, of building cabinets built around like a PS3 or an Xbox and uh, Castle Crashers did it right yeah the Castle Crashers booth or the Castle Crashers one was awesome I actually have a picture of it that I took that I'm going to post up to the website um, because still haven't played that game it's it's fun. You're it's dead. Fun. To I've me. only played the demo, um, and now that it's on PSN, I'm. I'm the only one here likes Final Fantasy, man. You, ally, or allies forever. <sighs> okay. Oh, Dwayne, you like Final. Yeah, Fantasy. you can't I kill do. him because Online. then. Yeah. I hate Final Fantasy games, but I've already said Look, that. We know so. that. We yeah. we absolutely know that. We, we absolutely we know that you like them too. So it's not like you have to sit there and reiterate that fact it's because I'm retarded. We all know that. Okay, well I can't really argue with that saying, point actually. That's logic. We we moved away from Dead Space Two because I was an idiot. Um, Dead Space Two looks spectacular. It looks like they fixed all the buggy problems that I had with the first game. It's gorgeous. The game is fucking amazing looking, um, and brutal. And brutal. It looks the like decapitations or whenever you sever someone's arm, leg, tentacle, whatever, just yeah. look amazing. Yeah, the Squeenix booth uh, completely did not interest me at all. Uh, I didn't like they had other stuff on display other than Final Fantasy thirteen, and I just like uh, Four Heroes of Light was one of them. I walked by, I said that's nice, and then immediately proceeded to fourteen. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what I think about uh, uh, the Super Superhero Squad MMO. Did you see this? Makes Everyone me die inside a little bit. Everyone was trying to give me cards for that. Yeah, they're all over the place. It was depressing. <laughs> Grant uh, Roberts, who actually works for Amazing Society as a content designer for that game, was on the show last night talking about it. And uh, um, even he didn't want to talk about it very much. Let's just say that. Uh, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, I suppose it's fine for kids. You know, it's a, it's an interesting idea for kids, but um, not definitely not my. But they say all ages. I don't think all. I think 14 and under is fine. You get over that, and it's Speaking not really of for that. Interesting ideas from when I was a kid. Duke Nukem Forever. Let me tell you, that game looks amazing. Did you get to play it? No, I just looked. I I snuck wait a second. You waited Are you in line. Are you fucking kidding me? 
I didn't wait in line. I went in wait, the back of the booth. No, 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 Did you not no, see no. this? There's wait. <sighs> There's playable Explain. Duke Nukem Forever. Playable okay, Duke Nukem Forever was at the show. Duke Nukem. Yes. So it was fake forever. Now right? it's real. And, and now it's real again. It's amazing. No, it's I always. Don't believe, I don't. Believe it was it. never fake. I don't believe it's still fake. Neither was wrestling. They released. <laughs> <laughs> but we all knew that. <laughs> No, but Duke Nukem was a running joke forever. And oh, it's still a running joke. That doesn't make it any less real of a they're game. They're still never going to release no, it. No, five years from now, we're going to be like, man, you remember when we thought Gearbox was going to publish Duke Nukem forever? Yeah, oh, exactly. The days. According but to their Gearbox. their investors sued the shit out of them. According because to Because they were extorting Gearbox. people for really? the last ten years. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. They no, were no. Saying, Gearbox oh, is a new. Yep, we're working on it here. Here's two screens. That's not Gearbox, Game's though. different. That was that was the company that owned it before Gearbox. Gearbox only got a hold of it in the last year. Yeah, but and it why, was because of that lawsuit. Why would they do anything else? Their investors went for like ten years doing the other thing. So why would they <laughs> do like know. free money for the next ten years? It'll awesome. be forever. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it actually gets released. They say it's done. I mean, sort of. They, they're saying that it's ready to go, but um, and they had it playable. I actually want to talk to Patrick on the next episode because that's the only reason he was going to come down today was to get in line to play Duke Nukem Forever. Um, he is fucking obsessed with that game, and I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand why anyone cares. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm flipping through pictures on my phone, and I just ran across the pictures of four people in Street Fighter cosplay doing Just Dance 2. <laughs> There's Akuma, Guile, uh, Sea Viper, and some other chick whose name I don't remember, all dancing to Just Dance 2. They're yeah. pretty attractive, though. The chick in the, the, in the costume that I don't understand, that I don't know who it is, is actually pretty hot. Um, Yay for attractive females at packs that aren't That aren't babes. booth babes, yeah. Which There's a few of them. also were banned. Banned? Booth babes officially were banned. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. They were all over the place. But it was a lot different than last year, I think. Because you had just random idiot women who weren't wearing very many clothes at PAX last year. Whereas in this year, they were just genuinely hot, but they weren't just like... There's the rules were that not too much exposed skin. So you... Interesting. That was one of the rules. And and all the PAX people voted for this. So I mean, no, I understand the purpose behind it, right? Because there's a point at which booth babes are fine, right? And that, and that's, and I don't mean that in the fine kind of way. I just mean it's, yeah, it's fine. Do. It's fine to have booth babes, but there's a certain amount of it where you you have to kind of keep it somewhat family friendly as much as possible in a show like this, right? You know, you have to give it a teen rating, right? Yeah. Um, so you can't just have people like half naked chicks or mostly naked chicks I should say running around so you're right when I saw the booth babes that were at the show they were they were sexily dressed but not uh, exposing too much skin and stuff so and that's fine so that was like the one that was one stipulation the other stipulation was they actually had to know about what they were doing that's fair that was the other thing so if you came and asked them what is this game they weren't like yeah. Jiggle, 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 jiggle. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, what? I f- where am I? Fuck. Well, that's one of the things <laughs> that I actually liked about, and, and I saw this at Gen Con as well, the Cryptozoic booth for the World of Warcraft TCG, when they have their demo booths up, they have some genuinely hot women demoing that game, yes. and they are very knowledgeable about that game. Yep. You know, you, you you look up and you're like, holy shit, this girl is hot, and she's sitting there teaching you how to play World of Warcraft TCG, and, like, I watched people get into, like, 
genuine strategy conversations with these women about this game. So it, that's kind of cool, actually. So good training on their part. And, absolutely. I'd be like, cards? Where are the cards? And I got to say, I don't know about anybody else, but if I walk up to a, a booth and I'm talking to a hot woman about a game and she can actually carry a conversation with me, that makes her 100% hotter. I agree. In every aspect. Like, I've been going to the wrong booths because like, I went to the uh, Final Fantasy fourteen one, talked to some dudes who were kind of smelly and yep. terrible looking, and basically they didn't even know simple answers to the questions. I'm like, so when's it coming out for the PS3? Uh, yeah, I talked to them, and they were worthless. <laughs> the people playing the game knew more about it. Yeah, that's... That because was my, because was, the, requir- the knowledge requirement only apparently applies to the booth babes. It doesn't actually apply to the other people at the booth. Yeah. The booth douche. The booth douche. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind of, they were just, yeah. I couldn't even tell who the people at the, the Square Enix booth were that were supposed to be working it. They were just frumpy, nerdy guys. Yeah. Blended in with everybody else and were wearing Squaresoft shirts, I think. Yeah. And... They didn't really kind of approach you, and it was weird. That they they needed to, to fix that. I thought about really shanking one of them me. actually and taking because I wanted one of the shirts. Yeah, for a friend of mine, and I was like, for a friend of yours, right? Right. Your your friend wanted the shirt. Okay. Well, you know, I was gonna just murder one of them because no one would miss them because they all pretty much look <laughs> the same. They blended with all the people, other people at the con. Yeah. So back to the booth babe thing. Yeah, <laughs> I I really. <laughs> hope that next year we can also apply that to all of the other females that go because there were some terrifying 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 cosplay yes i didn't see that oh this god year. i i did i saw you the, didn't get out much. the first day uh, yeah, yeah, Fat armica was the best which one fat armica from street fighter alpha Oh, the first Re- wrestler in like a blue white leotard Bull. with cankles in I this case. Cankles <laughs> <laughs> and cloven hooves. His <laughs> cankles had cankles. Uh, the one thing, uh, so so, kind of a, a double subject. I'll get back to the, the nasty cosplayers in just a second. But the one thing that I was surprised about was there were uh, I don't remember what booth it was. I think it was the end of. Um, and I don't remember. There was a booth, had a couple of booth babes, uh, fairly attractive women wearing like these jumpsuit type things. Uh, I went around to several booths where they had attractive women, you know, modeling their character from the game. Then I went to the Nintendo booth and they had a zero Samus zero suit on a mannequin. Why the fuck would you not just hire a goddamn model to put them out there in the Samus zero suit? Hire a blonde chick and be like, yeah, here's Samus in a zero suit. The mannequin knew more. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And probably cried more, less less than in the game. (laughs) Cried more? (laughs) Uh, That's not possible. Sorry. Uh, So back to the uh, the nasty cosplay. What? There's specific cosplayers that do Samus. Yeah. Like, Like, they could have just hired... There's the there's the one woman who's pretty darn famous for doing all the Samus costumes and her her, her cosplay costumes are amazing and she's cool. also very attractive and yeah. looks just like Samus. She's like Japanese. pixelated. She's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the first game, uh, she's actually just I think she's half Swedish, half Japanese. So it's like perfect. Holy shit! Yes, that's so, insane. Yeah. She also did a Princess Peach costume, which was spot on. I'm so. just thinking of, like, the old strategy guide for Super Metroid, where they had what Samus would look like if she actually had lived her entire life in a suit and had pretty much spent all her time on the ship eating potato chips <laughs> with the green hair. She looked kind of like a trucker. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm w- still thinking about half Norwegian, half Japanese. Yeah, no shit. She's quite attractive. I um, I saw the f- within 15 minutes of walking into the con hall on Friday, saw a disturbingly chubby Lara Croft. And it was not okay because she she was wearing the tight like booty short things, and at the bottom of the bottom edge of the shorts, they were so tight that her legs were the her leg fat was like bulging out at the back at the like out the bottom top? of the shorts, like a muffin, like the muffin bottoms. She had like, a muffin bottom. I don't know what it, it was. It was it was a little disturbing to be entirely honest. And then she had like a she had like a fucking flabby spare tire around her middle, and she was wearing this skin tight blue shirt. <laughs> Can you dress as a paper bag? <laughs> <laughs> that even won't save you now. Oh, that's so awful. I can just imagine a paper bag wearing <laughs> wearing a <laughs> wearing a a stick attached to a string around her waist. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, I am an awful person. Yeah, I just saw there was a lot of girls that um, were wearing shorts they shouldn't have been wearing. A lot. <coughs> Even if they weren't cosplaying. Like, if the backs of your thighs look like pounded ground beef, don't <laughs> fucking wear booty shorts. It's not okay. Uh, I just no one can't. cares what you want. Please <laughs> don't do it. Oh. There were some good costumes. There was a guy dressed up as a uh, what I think was a Minotaur from Guild Wars Two, and that costume was spectacular. Like that. it was really good. It might have been a company funded costume. I don't know, but even if it was, even if it was, it was still really well done. Um, My favorite was the uh, female shepherd from uh, Mass Effect Two. Perfect. Oh yes, yes, Perfect I saw that costume. I saw it with the scars and everything. I saw so good. a really fucking good Ezio costume from uh, Assassin's Creed 2. And two minutes later, the, the first one that I saw, this guy had taken the time and energy. He had everything that was leather, was supposed to be leather, was actually fucking leather. He had really well-made costume. You know, it was made out of nice fabric. He had his props were all, if not real, very real looking. Um, and not... Not ten minutes later, I fucking round a corner and there's a dude dressed up as Altair, and he's wearing like, he's wearing like a hoodie with the sleeves cut off, and his the longer parts of his tunic look like they were made out of a fucking bed sheet over jeans, and I'm just like, come on, dude, like put a little effort into it. Uh, did you see the uh, the person dressed as uh, the Katamari character? Yes. It Without was the shirt, so well oh, done. No, oh no, oh, I, no, I saw the really good one. one. Uh. Uh, I have a picture. I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, it was phenomenally good. Yeah, the con- swag monster. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, a guy in a ghillie suit, with swag <laughs> monster on it, and people just kept putting stuff on. Like he would just t-shirts, buttons. Oh stickers. yeah, I saw that guy at the people very were beginning. Just putting stuff on this guy. The he didn't have that. Is the most brilliant <laughs> idea I've ever heard. He did it right. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. I don't have to. He doesn't even have to try. He doesn't have to go get shit. He just like wanders around and waits for people to hand him stuff. That is fucking brilliant. Yep, I saw him at like nine, like eight forty-five on Friday, and he had no swag on him. That changed. That changed Uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's a guy in a ghillie suit. Great, but apparently he was the swag monster. 
That's pretty fucking cool. I didn't see the sign though. Did he have a sign that said Swagmaster? Yeah, it was on his chest. Paper. So yeah, I didn't. So yeah, cool. What other? Uh, I mean, so aside from now, now that we're talking about cosplay or moving away from cosplay, what other things did you guys see that you thought was spectacular? Just like, Dance Two. I, really? Watching people love like people the, okay, love that game. Fair. I don't get it at all, but. People will line up to act like they're playing the game in front of people playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a crowd of, like, you know, 30 people, and they're all dancing along, and I'm like, okay, wait, four people can be playing in this game, but what the fuck are the other 26 people doing right yeah. now? <laughs> <laughs> they, had a, they had some pretty awesome sporty athletic chicks uh, promoting that game by dancing on stage, and I was, uh, I, was, I was sucked in a couple of times walking by, and I'd be like, ooh, ooh she's dancing and she's hot. And that was enough for me. I can't. I don't understand the game either. But man, you're right. People love that fucking game, and I'm impressed. I'm impressed by their ability to. You know, they found something that works. I heard that they're um, possibly making something similar for Connect as well, um, which will be interesting to see. But let's see. Uh, Just Dance Two. The Epic Mickey booth was really cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, actually, that booth was really it, well done. It was very simplistic. And really cool, like the way they have the like the white panels, uh, and and this this description will make more sense once I post pictures to the website. But it's like white, curved white panels of fabric where they had projectors actually putting, uh, projecting various stuff onto the white. And um, I was impressed. I thought it it worked really well, and that game looks phenomenal. Like uh, the more I watched of it, the better, the more fun that game looked. Have you played it, was, it yet? Yeah, I played the demo while I was there, and uh, it's uh, it's. It looks so good, and their swag promo was so good. Yeah, but having the Disney we, artists yeah, there. Sorry, and go ahead. Oh, I said before we go into the the swag. So I played it back at E3, and I was like, "This is a really good game." And then I was looking at the booth and saw the video that they have, where Mickey gets sucked into like the ink blot, and right. That, I'm just like, "What the fuck? That looks great. This is a Disney property." Disney's put out shit for the past 15 years, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, uh, we bought Marvel Comics, and we're making this." Amazing game. Yeah. Enjoy. And we hired War Inspector. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny because Disney is notoriously lax with their franchise characters. I'm thinking of um, like the, the RPG. Mermaid 3. And, uh, no, I'm thinking of like um, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom where they gave. Donald so Duck octopus bottom, you know, like like Donald Duck is an octopus. Normally, a company that has a franchise character like that would say no one hundred billion times yeah. to that. Octopus bottom sounds like a serious medical condition. Well, I mean, he doesn't wear pants anyways, <laughs> and it's like, man. But uh, normally, yeah, that, normally that would be no go. For, That's really for cool, though. I yeah. mean, it, it's cool that they are willing to do that kind of stuff because they. They've. I think they've. They're smart enough to realize that <clears throat> it doesn't dilute your brand or or shove away your fans when you do stuff like that. All it does is draw new people in, Correct. right? When when hardcore gamers who previous to Kingdom Hearts were were all fuck Disney, fuck this, blah blah. You know, fa- Final Fantasy fans were like Disney's all for kids, fuck Disney. And then Kingdom Hearts came out, and now everybody that likes Square is like. Disney rocks. I like Disney. Fuck yeah, Disney in cloud. Woohoo! You know, it's um, it's uh, it's smart. It's just fucking smart way to do things. So I I think there's very few Disney video games that have been terrible. Like I'm thinking of like Mickey's Magical Quest, Aladdin, Aladdin. 
Um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, DuckTales. DuckTales, yes. all great The Lion games. King. The moon theme from DuckTales. Come on. Yeah. Best theme ever. But those ever were Capcom games. Well, not yeah. Aladdin. But they were Capcom games, sure. yeah. And, um, but, that's, but that's the thing. They pick the right people to make them, right? That's exactly what they're doing with Epic Mickey. They found the guy that will do it right. They found the guy that did King. They found the company, the right company to do Kingdom Hearts. Right? Nintendo did the same thing. They were smart when they they wanted to make Mario RPG, and so they were like, "Who bakes the best fucking RPGs you can find? Oh, let's go get go make Square. You know, have Square make it." And they and they did the same thing with Kingdom Hearts. So now, um, you know, they back in the day, they're like, "Well, we need, we want side scrolling beat 'em up like uh, platformer. Well, fucking give it to Capcom. They know what they're doing. You know, so." I, w- I want them to be like, we need a fighting game. Let's give it to Capcom. That would be yeah. fucking s- Seriously? sick. Like, goofy Jackie <laughs> Donald Duck in the face. <laughs> fighting Mega Man. Yes. Disney, Disney the versus next Capcom. versus game. The next versus game Disney has just been announced. Capcom. Oh, God, that would be spectacular. Disney versus Nintendo would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Put all the Disney characters in a Smash Brothers style game. That might be cool. So, but... I, I've had I, I haven't gone to any concerts unfortunately. I missed the mini bosses on Friday. I wanted to do that, but I actually missed them because of the podcast, which you know, it's a trade off. I had fun doing the podcast, but um uh I went to a couple of um did you go to mini bosses? Uh I went last night. Oh Jonathan Colton and all that. Paul and Storm. Paul and Storm apparently is Pretty awesome. So they were off the hook. Not I don't lie. even know who they are. Yes, never... you, you need to because they were actually that good. Okay. Um, MC Frontalot opened. I hate MC Frontalot with a white hot passion that burns within me. I that fucker needs to fucking get hit by a bus. I can't stand that guy. I've heard he's a really nice guy, but I can't fucking stand him. I don't guy. know if he's a nice guy or not, but his show kind of sucked. Yeah. It was it was a depressing opener. One of my friends just left because he <laughs> thought that the whole thing was going to be that bad because he had never heard any of the other acts. Wow! Uh, but Paul and Storm was legitimately one of my best concert experiences ever, and that nice. includes real concerts. Yeah, you know. So uh, they're was, not musicians. I, I can't even. They are real. Okay, you got me. <laughs> well, and these guys mostly. It's interesting, too. I really wanted to go to the concerts because they were at Benaroya Hall, and that is clearly the largest venue that any of these people have ever performed in front of. The problem was is we had to line up two hours ahead of time in Canada. (laughs) It was a long ways, and it started raining. Oh, that sucks. I told you, did you hear the first show when I was talking about the line for the keynote? That was fucking absurd. I haven't heard it. The line it was, that you cut through? Yeah, the line that I cut a little bit. Anyway, um, the the this line... For this PAX then? Yes. The keynote for this PAX? This was the, on Friday. The line started at the rotunda at the one end of Benaroya, uh, the, where you, the one you walk through to get into the actual theater. It went the entire length of the front of the building, down the block back up the length of the building on the back side, zigzagged twice through the park, back up to 3rd Street and back into the front of the building. Three to four people abreast that for that entire line. 
and that was in Portland. And that was yeah, seriously. And that was an <laughs> hour before the keynote started. We were actually waiting on Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get in line on Monday next week in order to travel <laughs> and, through time in order to get to the front of the line. And it's funny as Greece as Scott. as early as recently as two years ago, two packs ago, when we went to see the 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 concert on Saturday night was. Uh, MC Front a lot, Jonathan Colton. Darkness of Hillside Thickets. Yes, Darkness. Blah, nice. blah, blah, blah. And and the it's mini Cthulhu. bosses and the mini bosses Cthulhu was their theme. end, right? Yeah. First of all, that's one of the reasons I hate MC Front a lot was because he was supposed to be on for an hour and he took all over two, um, which pushed the mini bosses back to one thirty or one forty in the morning, um, but. It was just in one of the rooms, like it was in the same room that they usually had the queue line in, right? And there was maybe it, it probably could have fit about a, a thousand, fifteen hundred people. There were maybe three hundred people in there, so you just kind of wandered in and listened to some awesome music. And there was no seating, right? It was all standing, standing room only, and we were just standing there, you know, listening to the music and stuff. And and then this year. Like last year, I never went to any concerts at all. I never had a chance. And then this year, apparently, it was fucking absurd trying to get into any of them unless you had the wristband from waiting in another gigantic fucking line in the middle of the morning. Yeah, so, I, I would not wait. I refuse to wait any any lines for any cons ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's uh, the Bioware booth, uh, the Dragon Age 2 booth that was like in an exclusive little room. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you guys and your small asses because... <laughs> The boots that show their game off to everybody who are walking by are better than you. It's not some That's exclusive fucking true. club because we'll see your game in about a month anyways. So we're not going to wait in your fucking line and carry your stupid sword and take a picture like the other Except dumb folks does. who just want swag. Swag, yeah. So I, I thought about waiting in the Duke Nukem line, which was like wrapped around. And then the you came to your planet. fucking senses. <laughs> but then someone came out of the booth and said, well,. It's just like Duke Nukem One, <laughs> and I'm like, I just pictured them like running the original Duke Nukem in there, and yeah. like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and I decided it wasn't worth risking it because I think yeah. they actually might pull that shit. Yeah, uh, that would, I, I was imagining that you were going to say, "Isn't it a shame that Darth Vader is Luke's father <laughs> when they come out of their?" Lo- I don't know. I um. I can't. I don't understand waiting in those lines either. That's why I liked. I, I went and played Infamous Two, and the lines were never really all that long. They had, they had, they they had set it up just right. The Epic Mickey booth had it a little bit wrong because the Epic Mickey demo was long. Like you were, people were playing for like twenty minutes, fifteen or twenty minutes, and so that means that if there's four people in line ahead of ahead of you, you're waiting over an hour to play the game. Infamous Two was about five minutes long. They had seven stations set up, and the lines moved pretty quick. People were generally nice to each other, so I, I never waited more than maybe 20, 25 minutes tops to play Infamous 2. And I actually had a really good experience there because I turned to one of the guys that was working in the booth, and I was like, um, one of my pet peeves with Infamous, Infamous 1 was the fact that you can't invert your aiming controls separately from your 3D camera controls. Um, like you can in like Uncharted, right? So I turned to the guy and I'm like, can, can you invert your aiming control? And he's, he like interrupted me. He's like, yeah, 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 you can invert everything. I'm like, hold on just a sec. Like, can you invert your aiming controls separately from your 3D camera controls? And he's like, 
I don't think so. And I'm like, you couldn't in the first game. Can you do it in the second? He's like, no, but that's a really good idea. And he turned around and he's like, take this down. And he's like, he points to the guy behind him. He's like, this guy's one of the lead devs on the game. So did you hear what he said? He's like, yeah, I heard that. That'll be in the game by the end of the week. (laughs) I'm like, fuck yes. Awesome. (laughs) The best part is last year, had you tried to do that, it would have been some booth babe, and she would have thought you were propositioning her by inverting her. (laughs) One of her eyes would roll back into her head. (laughs) (laughs) See, I can invert them separately. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be like, Inversion? Don't I just do that on Tuesdays? (laughs) How much... That costs $50. I got this job because that, I was be, never going to do that again. That'll be extra. Yeah, I uh, totally lost my train of thought. But what it's train? not like we had a train. We were just kind of uh, meandering in the desert Ooh, while we were talking about Worst swag show. you guys saw. Worst swag. Um, uh, back to that Marvel superheroes. They had, like, the card cards game. with numbers on them and, like, a bad picture of some, yeah. like... Japanime version of a Marvel character, yeah. and it meant nothing. It was funny because, well, it the reason the, the time it would mean something to you is when it had um, is when you what is that? What is it that you're pulling out? Drugs, drugs, real drugs, or is it no? It's got to be swag. Mike drugs, and right? Ike drugs, vicarial swag drugs. I got a bunch in here. Candy. What is this Did from? You care if I pop some of these real quick. Their roof is uh, no go nuts. Uh, they're very good for you. What game are these for? So the, I don't know what the game was. There was a booth that uh, a mutual friend of Micatron and I's was working at, and it was the uh, be in a video game booth with the giant green background. I don't know if you saw it. Well, that's Mafia. It was two. like a giant green screen. Yeah, that was Mafia Two. Oh. Well, or it was a Mafia. I think it was the Mafia booth, but yeah, she was outside of it handing these out. Interesting. And they're literally pill bottles Full with of Mike candy. and Ike's in them. And Delicious. I think one of them contains ecstasy. And it was <laughs> just <laughs> trying to win the lottery. <laughs> I don't think I won the lottery I picked yet. up like 40. Jesus Christ. There's like, yeah, there's like 40 of them on the table right now. What the fuck? You just got, guys are pulling them out like goddamn Mad Max pulling out guns. Best. Okay. So, so not worst swag, but the best swag by far was the World of Warcraft TCG booth. Disagree. What was their swag? You could win five hundred fucking dollars. Uh, that nine hundred, yes. Uh-huh. Or in-game loot. Let yes. me see the loot cards. I watched a person pull a spectral tiger. Those, that those is a seven hundred dollar yeah. piece of cardboard. That's a really? in World yeah. of Warcraft yeah. will pay seven hundred to nine hundred dollars for. You scratch off that little bottom part there, and it gives you a code that you redeem in game. And the spectral tiger is like. A mount that looks like a tiger, but you can it's see a ghost through tiger. it. It's spooky. It's interesting it because uh, I wonder. You got to wonder: will this uh, will this card be worth more unscratched? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so once you scratch it, it's only worth anything to you. Exactly. No one will buy it. Yeah, I, th- those are my goodies for the con. Hmm. So I, got I didn't even think about grabbing them. So. Pets big. Yeah, I got a I got a, a turtle mount that apparently eBay's for like 120 bucks, which is dick. pretty exciting. They were just giving money away at that booth. Oh, this is hilarious. Yep. So here's something interesting for for your information. You have two loot cards here. One of which is clearly made by um, clearly 
clearly made by uh, not made by Upper Deck, and one of them that actually is made by Upper yeah. Deck. Uh, so one of them still says UDE dot com slash loot on it, and the other one says uh, fucking WoW TCG. So this one's the Cryptozoic version. Ah, uh, UDE, a company run by a Disney villain. Uh, speaking of Disney, I thought Disney had actually the coolest swag that you could get at the show. Uh, not necessarily the most valuable swag, but you could wait in line and an actual Disney artist was up there and would draw you a drawing of Mickey Mouse doing something. Yeah. And you could take it home. Yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome. That is really sick. And, I mean, it's not, other than being Epic Mickey, it's not really gamer related. Yeah. But I thought that was pretty fucking cool. See, to me, the worst swag at the con is always the stuff that's just like everything else. It's like pins. Who the fuck wants pins? But everybody takes pins. I understand that. But it's like pins are just dumb swag to me. I got I got a poster thrown at me by the Gazillion booth that was... A poster thrown at you? That's deadly. Yeah, it was a, it was a Marvel Superhero Squad poster that wasn't even really cool looking. So I, we literally... I grabbed the poster out of the air opened it and looked at it and Christina looked at it and she went do we really want to keep this and I'm like no so I just set it down and let somebody else take it um, someone, I didn't someone did make like a chainmail shirt out of pins which that, was pretty <laughs> impressive right, that might be kind of cool in, in a geeky weird sort of way I refuse almost all swag I do too I mean I, I'll take I'll take t-shirts because they're practical to some degree. A free t-shirt, well, that's a, you know, I can make a wardrobe out of fucking swag shirts, yeah. but... Um, Put out a fire with it. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Semaphore. <laughs> Hawk it on eBay. Hawk it on eBay. Yeah, that's true. I saw people wearing the Brink shirts from last year. <laughs> well, fuck, I'm wearing a Pax09 shirt I've right I've got a now, buddy who's so. got, like, nine of the wet shirts from two years ago. <laughs> oh, that game is so bad, too. What? Wet? It's terrible. Wet was pretty bad. Oh, the game is awful. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy with PAX this year. I'm happy for several reasons. One, I love this con. I love coming to it. We, uh, you know, since it's right in my backyard, I don't have to fucking fly anywhere to go to it. I don't have to stay in a hotel. I can go home every night um, when I'm done with the show. Two, we actually managed to get three full podcasts, which I didn't think was going to happen. Honestly, we're not done yet. I know, I'm, but I'm saying like this is this is number three, and we're an hour into it, so this is going up on the website. So uh, it, it just um, like I was not expecting to actually be able to pull that off, uh, but I, I'm I'm happy that we were able to. So, and the show floor this year was actually it's growing and getting more absurd every year and it's it's turning into what E3 was before they axed everything a few before years ago before they fucked it up which is awesome it's it is it is a fans con and that is spectacular they are finally they you know they understand and they're showing stuff to the people that matter it just worries me like what we were talking about earlier that like Activision and, and other companies aren't even supporting it anymore Activision is the only one though Blizzard Activision is part of... Blizzard is part of Activision. You win. (laughs) I concede. (laughs) Dwayne, zero. Everyone else, two. (laughs) Damn it. It's... It's these pills. I mean, you looked at the booth. The booths were fucking EA's booth was gigantic. Um, Sony's booth was gigantic. 
the Ubisoft booth was gigantic, and there was a lot more indie booths around the edges of the con hall this time. Because um, I know that in years past, like the back end of the con hall was occupied by like meeting rooms and shit that they built that nobody really ever used for anything other than building a, some sort of lounge where people could go fuck around. So or they just fuck. that's possible. So they just took them out. Bags. Culture. <laughs> Nom. So, so they just took them out and replaced them with actual like booths with stuff. And it's nice to see that they were giving space, giving small space for indie developers and small companies that, to be able to come in and actually show their shit off in amongst the giants, right? I like that, and I like the fa- I like the fact that it's uh, that they're giving that opportunity. Um, the con hall was twice the size it was last year um, beca- because there was some stuff out. Like there's a for those of you who've never been to PAX, there's one main con hall, and then there's like a sky bridge, an arched sky bridge. And then there was another smaller area where last year they had a lot of retail booths and a lot of uh, smaller shit. And this year was actually, one, it was opened up so that 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 hall was much larger and they had real booths in there, like a lot of real booths. That's where the NBA Jam booth was. That was the Mortal Kombat booth, the Sega booth. Um, And if they keep expanding like that, they're going to be taking up a lot of fucking space in a convention center that... In years past, I didn't actually know was this big. Um, there's a lot of space in this convention center that I didn't know existed. That if they start uh, pulling packs out into other spaces, man, they're going to have a lot of fucking shit going on here. Uh, did anyone get to like? Sorry to flip subjects for a second. Did anyone right. get a chance to check out the independent stuff like the Pax Ten and whatnot? I didn't get a chance to check out the Pax, Pax Ten. I wanted to though. I did. Um, I checked out some of the indie stuff that was along, uh, you know, kind of kind of on the fringes. And um, oh, there was a there was an RPG, like an isometric RPG called uh, Islands of Wakfu, that looks really fucking cool. It was really pretty. Like the uh, the visual style of it was really really pretty. It was it was technically a 3D game, but they made it um, they cel shaded a lot of it and made it look like it was like 2D art. And it, um, it was kind of a an isometric view action RPG, like fantasy action RPG, and it was it was gorgeous. And it's it, I think it's an Xbox Live game. Uh, it's something that I, I'm looking into. Uh, there, I, I stopped by the greenhouse booth too because they were, you know, they're starting to pr- uh, the PAX guys are starting to promote greenhouse again. Um, and so there were some games that I've already seen because it's a download. There, it's a download service. Uh, some games I've already seen, but games that I love like World of Goo uh, was in there. We and, talked about um, it on Friday. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, there was another one that I saw that I can't remember. So I'm not going to bother talking about it. What about you guys? The Seen bar it? for indie games meet for me now is so high because there have been so many like amazing ones and so much trash. Yeah, there's a lot of chaff out there. So like, what is the, the cutoff point? Because if you think about it, technically Castle Crashers is an indie game. Uh, yes, Castle, and Castle Castles is an amazing indie game. Yes, uh, World like, of Goo, World that's of an Goo, amazing very indie, indie game. Yep. Plants vs Zombies, Plants vs Zombies, uh, Peggle. Is that? Would you guys consider that? No, they that's were PopCap. Pop that was PopCap. Pop pop so that's not really indie anymore. But um, like uh, Braid is is an indie game. Uh, Limbo is an Torchlight. indie game. Torchlight's an indie game. Yeah, how how the fuck I is mean, Torchlight? Thirty people. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Because people seem to have forgotten the concept that back in the 90s and the early 2000s, the people that made Diablo, fucking Blizzard wasn't always a juggernaut, you know? Rock and roll racing. Exactly. And there was a time when when it was 
10 people making a game or 30 people making a game and then you know shit grows into the size of EA and all of a sudden people forget about the fact that those games can be made with a small development team in a, in a relatively short period of time because you don't have a bunch of fucking fingers in the pot trying to tell you what to do Deter- so I was talking to developers of Torchlight 2 and they said Torchlight 1 development entire time turnaround to retail was 11 months yeah for 30 people, that is insane. That is so little time. But see, that doesn't seem that insane to me because you don't have as much you don't have as much red tape to deal with, and you don't have as many people trying to conf- you don't have as many conflicting opinions. You don't have any man- as many people like slowing the process down. It's they amazing. have a more pure sight of what they want to do. Exactly. It's amazing what you can do when someone in your company can actually make a decision. Yeah, you got to yes. be focused, and once you're focused, you can do a lot with a small group of people, and that's really cool. It's really cool to see games like that. Like, I mean, there's always exceptions in the indie rule, like fucking uh, Cave Story, right? That was one guy, so of course it's going to take five fucking years to make that game because one guy's doing everything. But when you have a couple guys doing music, you have three or four coders, you have two or three level designers, you have a couple of writers who have a very focused vision of what they want out of their game. Concept um, artists. And a, and a couple of concept artists, you know, you don't really have to worry too much about uh, uh, a two and a half year development cycle, especially, you know, most of these games are not, are not infamous. They're not Uncharted, they're not uh, fucking Mass Effect, right? They're not games that have to look like a movie or sound like a movie. They're just really good, well-designed, fun games to play. But in that case, I mean, games are being actually games. Games aren't supposed to be movies. They're you know different types of entertainment, right. and a lot of times that gets lost in translation. Like you've got Final you know, Fantasy. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, I'm no. sorry. The six-year development time, incorrect. Okay. Having having to go through two or three people because they have an emotional breakdown during the development cycle is wrong, right? Yeah, it's too much pressure in a game. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, but okay. So I mean, you've got like your un- like Uncharted. That's a great example. Not every game needs to be that. No, yeah. it that's absolutely correct. doesn't. We were talking about um, oh my god, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is an amazing game. I don't want to see every single game that comes out with you know. No, look I don't like that. It's cool to see like Shadow Complex yep. or World of Goo. Limbo. These are games. Limbo, Limbo is amazing. I was say that. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. That game is good. And that and it it is it is the perfect example of a game where I mean, Patrick described it to me the first time he described it, and he's like, I was like, what do you do? He's like, you jump and grab onto stuff. I'm like, what? He's like, you jump. Repeatedly. You jump and you grab onto stuff. That's what oh, you yeah. do. You have two buttons. You move, you jump, grab onto stuff, and then you die in terrible ways. And and I, and then I played it, and I was like, this game is fucking awesome. And it's an awesome, uh, as we described it one time, single-player multiplayer game where one person is playing and everybody else is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Go back there and grab that bear trap. Like, Let's see what happens. Can you make that jump? Try try to make that jump. You know, it, like, Everyone else is trying to drive. Yeah, and... Uh, those are the kinds of games that that are just they prove the point, right? You don't ha- not everything has to be a fucking blockbuster, but there can be some shit with, that's just spectacular gaming. So, and this is where you can see it. Like I'm, I'm kind of sad. Pax is over. I love this fucking show. 
where the fuck is that sonic sound coming from? What so- what sound are you talking about? I can't. Uh, you don't ring? hear the ring. Really ring? loud sonic in the background. We might even be able to hear it on the podcast. Someone's collecting rings. Yes. Oh, and now ring. I hear it. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You pointed su- out to me, and all of a sudden, all I hear is sonic rings. It's super loud. Great. Now everybody in the fucking show is gonna not gonna even be able to listen to the end of the show because of that. Oh well. Oh well. Is that where we ended? <laughs> well, is there Sonic any- Four? Got to talk about that for oh, a second. Oh, yes. Yes. Sonic 4 looks pretty cool, except for the fact that I don't like Sonic. Oh, you don't even let me... I dislike Sonic 2. Sorry. But Sonic but 4 let, is let Andy, let Andy talk. He's, he's about to, his head's about to explode. Oh, so. oh. Sonic 4? That would have been great on Genesis. I would have loved it. But you know what? That was, what, 15 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Too little, too late. Fuck it. It's done. Well, not to mention the fact that my, my hatred for 2.5D, that is a perfect example of a game whose entire visual style has been diluted and destroyed by making it 2.5D. The same thing with Rocket Knight, right? Now, god damn, guys, you're like a bunch of, you're like fucking gophers <laughs> looking around for this stupid ring sound. I'm He's a prairie dog Jesus around Christ. us. <laughs> uh, Who the uh, fuck knows? Somebody's probably just got a DS or something in here and they're playing a Sonic game. We Dr. can't Robotnik find it, though. Oh. Freaking out. We, yeah, I talked about Dr. Robotnik. So, yeah, uh, is there... Um, are there any other things that you guys want to cover, like anything that you think asked, absolutely has to be said before uh, before we end this one? Yeah, I the guys, uh, Geek Chic, maybe you oh, guys talked about them another fuck, day. I forgot. No, we haven't actually. Okay. I forgot to talk about this. Let, yes, let me tell you. Hold on. Before recording. you get into your whole spiel, yep. Geek Chic uh, is, is a company that makes gaming tables. And let me tell you, these are the sexiest pieces of woodwork Known to Heirloom man. quality furniture with geeks in mind. It Geek is heirlooms. It is am- <clears throat> amazing quality furniture. Just for anybody that wants to actually take a look, go to geekchichq.com. It's G E E K C H I C H Q.com. Uh, they, they make heirloom quality furniture. It is fucking expensive. Don't get me wrong. But for a, for a gamer like me, a mature gamer who realizes that I'm going to buy this table and I'm going to have it for the rest of my fucking life. Yes, yes, I did just put a $250 deposit down on a $3,000 gaming table. Yes, I did. I did, did that, it today. The did conversation, that, how did wow. it go? Uh, we, you were talking about it for a second. I'm like, so did you decide to order one? Yes, that's yeah. how fast I answered. I'm like, yep, got one. No hesitation. Because we saw them at, we saw them, the company's only been around for three years, and we saw them at Gen Con, or not Gen Con, at PAX last year. Um, and we were like, oh my God, these are fucking amazing. Uh, for for uh, description's sake, they have everything from coffee tables to giant fucking miniatures gaming tables. Uh, the largest table they make is a four foot by eight foot miniatures table. Um, the table that we got is a four foot by four foot uh, table. Um, the interior of the table is sunk three inches. It has got a square grid under acrylic, so you can put um, maps for like D and D or miniatures gaming underneath it. It also has a dining table top that you can build into it. That is, um, and that's beautiful. They make they have three different kinds of wood. They make them in uh, maple, cherry, and walnuts, so varying degrees of darkness. Right, the maple being the the yellow, the cherry being kind of a reddish, and the um, the walnut being a dark brown. Um, amazing quality tables and uh, worth, in my opinion, worth every penny. Once you actually start getting into some of the some of the features that you can get put into them, do you feel that now? 
I think it's the podcast listeners getting an erection. Yeah. That's just me. It's, yeah. Oh. I thought the table was tilting a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I'm just some making of the, a face. Some of the features that they have, like they have drawers that will pull out from the sides of the table and then fold out into a desk for players. Uh, the one that we got on our table is a drawer that pulls out, folds out, part of it folds out into a desk and then part of it actually put, pulls up into, like, a, a pedestal for a book for, like, a dungeon master. Uh, they've got a rail around the outside and several different kinds of accessories that'll clip into the rail, like cup holders, um, dice holders, uh, little bins so that you can, for rolling dice, that kind of thing. For Cheetos. Uh, Cheetos. Cheetos is a good thing to put in there. Um, they have ev- the, the simplest tables have very few features all the way up to one that they call the Sultan. And the Sultan has a the edges Aram. Yeah, seriously. The the edges around the table have he, like he desks you, you can fold out. Surprise rape <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's only it's 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 not gay if you say surprise. It's a feature. <laughs> it's a feature. Giant uh, okay. You pay extra for that, mind you. Anyway, I've talked long enough it's about this. Yes, the, the fucking geek sheet table, geek sheet tables are spectacular. Go check them out. Um, I will have. I'll actually post pictures of the website once we get ours. But the the, pro, the only problem with this theory, this whole thing, is that they've got right now about an eight month queue. Uh, it's like so buying a Lamborghini. You put your deposit down. There's only f- the, the company. The entire company only consists of like seven people, and four of those are the people that actually build the tables. The rest of them are, are like uh, support staff. Um, so. You put your deposit down. It puts your name in the queue. Uh, they call you back when your name comes up and get your final details for your table. It takes them about six to eight weeks to actually build the table, and then they ship it to your. Not they ship it. They build it. They put it in your house. They make sure that everything works on it. That it's in perfect condition, uh, and then uh, and then you're you're set. It's uh, and then they play a game of Catan with you on it. Oh dear Jesus that. That fucking thing is going to be so cool. bastards hog all the metal. Yeah. I can't Fuckers. wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to get my fucking table. So. Sheep for wool. Sheep for wool, please. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody <laughs> sheep for wool? We had a guy. Uh, we, when we played Catan, when we first learned how to play Catan, uh, we, we sat down and one gaming night and we played, I think, seven or eight games in a row, right, over several hours. <clears throat> and my buddy Kirk at one point had... All of the wheat cards, all of them. He had them all in his hand, and from that point forward, he's he was like, "The wheat is the life." All night, no, yeah. Like God, I'll trade you ten sheep for one stone. Yeah, (laughs) please, Please. anything. Please, God, just one stone. All right, brick, brick, anything. All right, let's get this wrapped up. So uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to go kill the Sonic player. We should wrap this up. <laughs> All he's doing is sitting this, uh, somewhere just charging. This audio board is uh, actually pretty heavy. You could probably bean somebody over the head with it pretty easy. Oh, definitely. So. I just need the mic. The sharp end of the mic is fine. <laughs> All right. Um, so PAX is over. Uh, hopefully everybody has enjoyed our PAX podcasts. I would like to thank all of our guests over the last few days. Um, uh, going to see being physically assaulted <laughs> by the noise. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, every time, there's like Fuck. a reaction. Oh, God. Um, so uh, first I'll thank Dwayne. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thanks we appreciate having, having you here. Thank you, Andy. 
Thank you, Micatron. You're welcome, as always. Um, last night, uh, we had uh, people on our show, Patrick and, oh, dear God, I'm forgetting who was on the show. Grant Roberts, thank you. Uh, we'd like to thank Grant Roberts and yeah, Leif Chappelle for coming on the show. I really appreciate the help. And then on Friday night, we had Mark Schmaltz and Jeff Callis of Penny Arcade. And I'd like to thank everybody for making the uh, Penny Arcade shows happen. Uh, it was awesome. I hope the listeners enjoy it. I Hopefully, we'll get some more listeners from the, the ninja dropping of the uh, stuff. Callis posted to his Twitter about the show. Uh, Grant posted to his Facebook. Um, I was really trying to get us to get him to post uh, a link to the show on the uh, PAX Entertainment Twitter feed, but uh, apparently Callis doesn't have the pull to get to make that happen. So well, we'll see. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna listen to the show, we, we are available on iTunes, on Zoom Marketplace, Podcast Alley. Um, but you're probably already getting us from there if you're listening to this right now. So you can get them. Uh, go to our website, www.geekerific.com. I will spell it again because I misspelled it last night. G-E-E-K-E-R-I-F-I-C, geekerific.com. There are forums on the website. We'd love everybody to join and give us some feedback about the show and about the site and to just bullshit about video games. Um, you can email us any questions you have at afterthefact at geekerific.com. Join our Twitter feed, After the Fact Pod. Uh, join our Facebook group at After the Fact Podcast. Is there anything else you guys want to say before we uh, wrap the show up? Uh, Gears of War 3 is nothing but Gears of War 2 with a bigger color palette. Boring. That sounds dumb. Surprise butt sex. Thank you, Micatron. As always, the eloquent one. And on that note... 